What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, behave! All right, DraftKings, the match six is underway, and uh, early returns... This podcast is in the top 10 of 100. Now, I'm looking at it, John. There are a lot of people who haven't teed off yet, so by the time you listen to this, things could be very different. But it feels good to have another competition, John. Yeah, I, I've, le- Always I've, learned to, I've, I've learned to not overreact. It's, a, it's my fantasy golf philosophy. Because with football, you'd go, if you're in the lead in the morning games and you got some huge points, you'd feel pretty good about your chances, right, even though there were some other games. In golf, as I saw last week, I mean – this tournament, it doesn't feel like guys are just going to shoot like 77 like last time, but all it takes is a fucking Tony Fina to pump a couple out of bounds and Middlecoff out. Uh, my, my little brother, who I, I invited him to get involved, his first DraftKings, he's in third place. So uh, if that fucking bastard takes our money, I'm going to pitch. <laughs> <laughs> and the problem is, guy, we, me and him have similar picks. So... Our two highest scoring guys are going to cancel each other out. It's going to come down to other guys. But t- to me, the the thing that would make a good finish by you satisfying if you if you get helped in the end, even if Hunter Mahan, friend of the podcast, misses the cut, you pick him. I did not pick him. Only two percent of people. Only you. There's only one other person that picked him because he has two percent draft percentage, and there's a hundred people in this game. So only one other person took Hunter Mahan. I don't know who it is. I, I picked him. I know you did. He's got you 21 points right now. So. There would be some sweet, something sweet about getting a victory aided by Hunter Mahan. I not only picked him, guy. I shot him a text and said I picked him in my DraftKings. Let's get it good. fucking done. as you should. Good. You I should mean, get guy, credit guy for had that. six. He six birdies, just a double and a triple. But you know, fuck. Who doesn't? I had, so did I yesterday. We'll get to that. Uh, but first, John, this podcast brought to you in part by DraftKings. We are participating right now. I've been seeing ads all over television. Everybody else giving you their promo code. Forget them. It's our promo code you want to use. They all give you the same thing, so give us the credit. Damn it, we appreciate your support. Code HAM. 
get you a free shot at the $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Code HAM, only at DraftKings. Get in, sign up right now on the .com or the app. Baseball starting. Really, you just want to be in position to get in our next game. Yep, download the app, promo code HAM. Download the app, promo code HAM. Get in our games. And play your own games if you want on the side because there's a lot, of, a lot of easy games to get in. It's, it's a very, very functional app. Uh, it, to do the DraftKings golf match. Is there a golf? Is there a PGA event next week? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it goes straight through. Yeah. There's no time. There's no time. To, there's, yeah. You don't have any time to take off guy. They, they missed about three months. So, uh, you just pick six golfers stand to the cap. I think whoever wins this week is going to be, I texted you this, the, uh, earlier. It's going to be like Belichick winning with just random non Brady quarterbacks. Whoever wins this week is going to be crowned a super genius. Because Paul Casey was one of the most expensive players in the draft this week. I, I all due respect I, I, to ASU Sun Devil Paul Casey. I put more stock into like last week. I will put way more stock into Harding Park when you really have to decipher like between obviously three or four elite guys, but then your next three guys are really like name guys too. So it gets it's what makes to me NFL Sundays and major golf tournaments really, really difficult because everyone's kinda eyeing the same guys, but where you really make up the difference is not just picking the winner or picking Mahomes. It's picking like your solid guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you done like picking picking Austin Hooper when he gets you two touchdowns? That feels fucking good. Yeah. Have you done DraftKings for baseball? I'm gonna try. I've not done it. I'm gonna try it this weekend for the first time. I I, I never have. No, I've done it a lot for the NBA. Now, should we do it for this NBA? Could get weird, you know. But like on a the NBA during the during a regular NBA season on a Friday slate when there are like 12 games, is kind of like a golf major. Because every elite guy's, uh, you assume, no load management. But if they're all playing, that's the other thing. Sometimes you pick, and then you look down, and you go, James Harden's out. I picked him for fucking $12,000. And he load manages. But it, the NBA is, to me, more fun than, than baseball in the sense of you can pick Mookie Betts. He can go over four, right? right? Like, yeah. you pick Giannis. Yeah, but he, he moved the runner shitty, over, John. Good A.B. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I don't do – I don't – I'm not not trying to pull down draft How about that throw? He kept the, 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 the trail runner from advancing to third. No no points for that guy. No fucking points for that. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Podcast also brought to you by Ease.com, promo code HAM. Ease.com, promo code HAM. 20 bucks off your first delivery with the code HAM. Guy, you know this. I know this. Everyone listening knows this. Ease is the number one on-demand cannabis delivery in the country and definitely here in California. Ease.com, promo code HAM. First-time users, over $50 purchase, get $20 off from the Bay Area to SAC all the way through the Valley down to L.A. and San Diego. It's everywhere. We were talking about with our, our buddies on the golf course yesterday, just about all the benefits from THC. It's game-changing. I've been using consistently now for about two years. Love my edibles. Ease also has pre-rolls, has vapes, has everything. Just go to the website and search. It has whatever you want, and it all has it easy depending on where you live, what type products they have. Uh, I'm a sucker for the Camino edibles. And, uh, yeah, get on it. E-A-Z-E.com, promo code HAM, $20 off. Your first delivery with promo code AM. Get on it. You just have to be 21 uh, or over. You go online. You get verified in minutes. And then once you make the order, Ease delivers very quickly. It's not days. You're not waiting. Uh, Ease.com, promo code AM. Ease.com, promo code AM. All right. Very good. Awesome.
Appreciate the support. By the way, just a quick mention. We'll tell you more about it later. Podcast also brought to you by burrow.com slash ham. Go check them out. And manscaped.com, promo code ham. Uh, a lot of things to get to. We had the honor, John, on Wednesday for the first time of playing Cal Club. First and last. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. There's probably a decent percentage of people listening that have never heard of it. Uh, I, I hadn't heard of it till a couple years ago. I guess till Dave Feldman, who took us, uh, who you worked at Comcast forever. Thank who you, Dave. We, we, we work with guy. and we're around. Yeah, fucking the man. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, it's probably immediately in my top two or three courses I've ever played. It's definitely probably the most exclusive course that or you know Monterey that I've ever played, and it was just badass. Yep. It's just. The difference, it does have, the one thing cool about like a sweet course in a city is that it just kind of comes out of nowhere, and then you drive in. I've always heard that about Augusta. It's like kind of in the hood, and then you hang a right, and you're just like, holy shit. You know, sometimes you you go to, like when I lived in Philly, some of the sweet courses are just kind of in the hills and in the space, and you can kind of see it from far away. That's not the case with this course. No. It's like in South San Francisco, and then you hang a right, there's like a Taco Bell or just normal things like gas stations, and then you're like in paradise. It was badass. I was texting, and you and I were talking about it constantly because our buddy Dave Feldy introduced us to a lot of other people while we were out there. We had lunch. We played. We had a drink after, and everybody was so- <laughs> A drink. It was like seven drinks in one. It was a quadruple one. tequila in a big cup with a straw. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the bartender. But- uh, everybody was so well. It wasn't just nice. Nice isn't the word. It's welcoming, right? Everybody wanted to know that we were having a good experience at this club. And golf is not necessarily the rep on golf is like uptight. Well, especially um, at country clubs, right? Yeah, and and money comes with that rep too. That it's not about asking you how you're doing. It's more about telling you about what I'm doing. But everybody was incredibly friendly. And I texted a buddy of mine who's played there multiple times, but is not a member. And I just said, I, John and I were just struck by how friendly everybody was. And his response, and he's kind of a golf guy. He's like, "Yeah, that's the, that's the rep on Cal Club. It's just it's a it's a it's it's not pretentious in that way. It's just kind of warm. that that was Joe, that was Joe Buck's opinion. But Joe Buck, I mean, it was it was actually Nance John. <laughs> yeah, tell tell Jimmy I say hi. Yeah. So uh, I mean that the course was it is, incredible. Guy, the experience I, I, was incredible. I think it's borderline unheard of. Maybe there are a couple country clubs in L.A. It's a West Coast thing. I do not think that's normal. I mean, every fucking person came up. It was like, hey, what would you guys think? Right? It's like, it'd be like the equivalent of going into some elite restaurant and the chef asking you how the food was. But every single person came up. And I, I think you naturally, when you go to a place, like I just assumed it was like, you know, be on your best behavior. Yep. Just be say hi to everybody. Don't, don't expect don't, many highs don't back. Don't step in the wrong place. Don't put your bag down in the wrong spot. And it was not like that at all. I mean, it was just it. Hit, we saw a group of younger guys. The former quarterback from UCLA, Drew Olson, who I guess is like besides him and Steph are like the two best golfers out there. Uh, he's fucking elite. He's like a plus well, four. You texted your cousin, and he knew that he was a great golfer. I texted my buddy. He's like, "Yeah, I've heard he's a stick." Yeah, and so it's just when you're a really good golfer, that shit travels, right? Yeah. Now you would, if you are a good player and you played out at this course, because I I've played Olympic. I would say this course felt a little more challenging for the greens. Now, the difference between the Olympic, the the rough is pretty outrageous, kind of like uh, Harding Park is kind of right now. It's just naturally a little longer. But 
I, I thought that was probably the hardest course I've ever played, given the greens were. I mean, that guy I had at, I hit one of the best <laughs> one, shots. This I is hit, one of the highlights of witnessing and playing golf in my life. I hit the best shot of my day into the wind, and it was like 25 feet on the back of the green. Just It looked like an easy putt. Now, the wind was pumping. I was a little nervous over the putt, but I was like, you know, whatever. Just try to knock it nervous, in for birdie. Explain why. Because the, all the greens have been so fast? Well, or? the greens had been fast, and the wind was really pumping, and my putt was going to be downwind. Yeah. So I was like, God, this is could go. And I hit it. I, didn't, I hit it a little hard, but I didn't think I crushed it. It goes by the hole. Which was it like it was like no- a middle pin. It wasn't a front pin. Yeah. As you it goes by back. another 30, 40 feet. Then it gets to the fringe. And the fringe there is not very long. So I was like, oh, this is not good. And it rolls. The fringe is probably another 20 yards right into the bunker. Yeah. And then I hit a bunker shot. Not terrible. Comes right back. Uh, the fringe is probably the 20 feet, not 20 yards. Yeah, 25 feet. It wasn't short. But to, to me, a couple things about this. This put- so John puts it off the from the back through the middle off the front into the bunker and I think the one thing is I'm watching it I'm standing on the other side of the pin. 20 I'm 25 feet for birdie I got a double the, the, there's a big hump in the front of that green so you kind of reach that hump and this ball is not going very fast it is just slowly turning and it hits that hump and it just keeps slowly turning and it was turning at a speed that it looked perpetually like it was about to stop and never did. It wasn't just like a rocket. I mean, it was just slowly rotating, and it just never stopped and never stopped. And then you hit it out of the bunker, and I go, nice uh, – I don't know what I said. Nice shot or whatever. And it gets to the top, stops, and then rolls back down. Again, it was incredible. No, yeah, See, to me, no to me, only only elite clubs have shit like that. And, and what it felt never get that. And his buddy and and the other guy. Was oh, see, seen it happen twenty five like, times. Oh yeah, I should have told you that was gonna happen. <laughs> well, convenient that you didn't. Yeah, it was fucking sweet. Yeah, place is cool. So shout out you to all the join. cool people. You should join them. and take me out there. I'm in. You. Yeah, same to you. <laughs> um, oh, the other thing we've been doing is we've been telling people to uh, DM us restaurants that you love or that you, if, if you're in the restaurant business, even better. But if you just got a local spot that you want to support, you can support it by DMing us about it and we'll just talk about it. And uh, you got a DM from Matt out at Pink Onion Pizza in San Francisco the other day who told you he would, we can create a pizza. Yes. And then he DM'd See, me we- the same thing. like, I was serious about what I told John. You guys can create a pizza. So we we got to figure out what we're going to do. I'm actually going to try and eat there tomorrow, Friday. We were kind of bullshitting back and forth because I think the first time anyone says you can create something when it comes to food, you go like, if it's a burger, you're like, I want eggs, I yeah. want double patties, Peanut butter, bacon, jelly, avocado. Yeah. Caviar, you try to just be outrageous. And hot then I wings. Thought, why don't we go the other way? Yep. So I said, why don't we go cheese pizza? And we looked and it feels like he has... A normal cheese pizza. Does, yep, the, the it doesn't look like just a specific. He has a pepperoni, but it adds like chili peppers. What if we just went pepperoni pizza yep. and called it the ham the or ham the hammer, pod. the ham pod? I, the ham. I, I'd go hammer the hammer the hammer the ham pod promo code ham or just fucking Haberman Milkoff. It's a long one, but it is guy the pepperoni. And John. Just get people, guy and John or just. I'd go, yeah, hammer or ham pod. But hell, I mean, you tell us what sounds good. Yeah, you got, so we would, what about this? Promo code ham. Promo code ham I like. I'm, I'm a big fan of promo code ham. Because the idea behind 
the pepperoni is that it's just going to get ordered a million times. And so people are going to ask, what is promo code ham? And that's the idea, right? We make some pizza that nobody's going to order. Well, great. It just collects dust at the bottom of the menu. Now, maybe if he has a pepperoni, do we just go, okay, make it. Would anyone order pepperoni and meatball or is that not getting ordered? Uh, I think you'd be, you'd have a better chance with pepperoni and sausage than pepperoni, pepperoni and meatball. Sausage. Pepperoni jalapeno because it's meaty, but it's hot. You, you could do that. I, I I would try to keep it as basic, basic. as possible. I want to get, get the order. orders up. I, I I want high volume. Yeah, I want profit margins, and I want him to go. You know, we I I couldn't believe this thing sold that much. I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, that's what we we tried to bring some money in your pocket. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna or, I might order I'm, and free pizzas for us. It, yeah, well, I'm going to start by sampling the product on Friday, I think, John, and then we'll do that. Okay. Um, take, me, take pictures and tweet it out t- and yep. Instagram it Absolutely. Out. So, Matt, Pick Onion, we're coming. Um, Gerardo DM me on Instagram. He said Deli Board, which, have you had Deli Board? I think a lot of people are familiar with. It's I elite, think I have. Elite yeah. Adam. I've, I've met Adam a few times at Deli Board. Just awesome dude. Um, Gerardo said, sandwich address? Yeah, maybe. He's got a, I think he's got a Dwayne Kuyper sandwich. Um, but Gerardo said, go to deli board, order the Mick. It tastes exactly like a big Mac roast beef, American cheese, lettuce, pickles, diced onions, mix sauce on a sesame seed, French roll. And I do know Gerardo didn't say this, but I know that Adam also does the double cheeseburgers, uh, sometimes in the evening, our buddy from high school, Taylor gross took me there for the double cheeseburgers one night. It was great. See Taylor, but dyed his hair blonde. I did see that. Uh, it's good. Actually he pulls it off. <laughs> Gerardo says they just had to close because of a COVID-19 exposure, so they should be opening back up soon in a week or two, so everyone get back to Deli Board, which is always could we a good na- spot. Could we name our sandwich the Corona? The Corona? The Corona Pod? Do you think that would sell? No. <laughs> I don't think so either. By the way, shout out to Corona Beer John for staying strong and, dem- and, and believing that over time their brand will win out. I think they'll be fine. 20 years from now, Corona will mean just beer again one day. I bet I bet the people that run Corona would have paid any amount of money for this thing to be called like the Bud Light or <laughs> just be called like the Modelo. How, how the Modelo virus. How long do you think until you hear the, the word Corona and think first about beer? It'll be a minute because <laughs> I don't do that now. And I would say the entirety of my life, you heard Corona, you thought the beer, right? right. The nicest Mexican beer. How quickly things can change, one. right? I mean, one I minute know. you're Jerry Sandusky, voice of the Ravens, and the next minute you're like, "Yeah, I'm not that Jerry Sandusky." But in fairness to Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Ravens, he actually battled through it pretty well. Yeah. Especially when it'd be one thing, right? If you were Jerry Sandusky, the voice of the Lakers or something, the Ravens, Baltimore, isn't that far away from fucking Penn State? It's like in the region. I would imagine a lot of people that live in Baltimore are. Penn State alumni, Penn State fans. Like, that's that's fucking Penn State country, guy. What would you... Now, I do think he spells his name differently, right? He spells it with a G, I, not a J. The, yeah, but the Sandusky's the same. Yeah. What would you advise me to do if somebody else named Guy Haberman becomes a serial killer? What do I do? Uh, Well, to me, the serial killer, like... I think the Sandusky... Like, if it just becomes the next, you know, uh, who's like a famous serial killer. The Unabomber? Uh, Charles Manson. Yeah, yeah something like that. It's like what, you know, I, it's whatever. Charles, it's if your name thing. is Charles Manson, it's whatever? Yeah, th- no, th- that's not whatever. But, uh, you know, it does feel like their names are pretty unique. And you could argue Jerry Sandusky is a pretty unique name. 
he was a football coach for fucking. He was Joe Paterno's right hand guy. Like he children. resonated yeah, in, and he had, you know, the charity to siphon children his way. Guy Mike Zordich. I was when I worked for the Eagles. Mike Zordich, who's now the DB coach for Harbaugh, was Andy's assistant DB coach. He was a famous. He played in the NFL, I think, for a decade. Was like a four-year starter for Penn State in the '80s, like in their heyday. Yeah. Jerry Sandusky was like a father. Like when when this news was coming out, you would have thought you saw him a couple days. Like he saw a ghost. I, I mean, the the rat. What it did to people that knew was like I would imagine when serial killers or this stuff comes out and no one has any clue. It's like no man. This okay, can't so be. imagine the next. Just there's a guy. There's just it happens to me. What? Do yeah, it's I not do? good. You'd probably you might want to change your name. Yeah, go, change yeah. my your name. Middle, what's your middle name? I don't have one. Well, maybe just go. Maybe go shorter. Like maybe just guy. What's your last name? I'm just guy. I'm just guy. God, I don't. I mean, just should I change my name? I've I've thought about it. To what? Stage names? Like, like it yeah, used like to be Johnny, like, like the Johnny other. Rockets. Johnny Rockets. Just something that's just like, whoa, who's this guy? Yeah. Ready, to, ready to come in and go. Yeah, like uh, something that you d- does it need to be something that. Uh, well, do you think a lot of people listening to this know that a lot of people in the media do change their name? Like a lot of people that you see their name. Yeah, are I fake? don't know if people know that. Has that changed? You think in recent? I, think, ma- I, I feel like it's changing a little. Well, to me, it's kind of like bald. Like in the seventies, eighties, everyone had toupees. Now it doesn't fucking matter as much. Just like I think people change their names to like, so they just sounded good. I I don't think it matters as much anymore because I just think you're kind of drawn. Now, like Joe Rogan is a pretty easy name to say. Sure. I think that's his real name, I think, but I'm not totally 100% sure. Do you think that 100% is his real name? Uh, I hadn't thought about it. I know like Kevin James, that's not his real name. Now, maybe with actors, it's maybe actors will always do that, right? Actors and singers will always do that. But in terms of media, media used to be so disconnected. It was always like your local news guy or newswoman changed their name. But now you're just on Twitter from the time you're you, you know you're on social media that people just know you so early. You got to get out in front of that name change when you're like 15. You know you yeah, can't. You oh, I'm about to hit it. I'm 22. Time to come up with my stage name. Like according Kevin James's according- name is Kevin Knipfing. Yeah, see, to me, if you have a really real... Like, that that makes sense. Is James's middle name? No, his name is Kevin George Knipfing. So that's pretty fraudulent, I think. I judge him differently now. I did not know that he changed names. I judge fake hair. Isn't Carl Ravage is a, is a historical fraud hair guy, right? Obviously, Marv has fake hair. Uh, Costas, up for debate. I don't know if people debate. know that about Ravage. Well, it's like... Who, Costas, I've anyone? heard, is real. I could believe that. Marv completely fake. If Marv does Marv get the jobs if he's bald at like 35 or would it not matter he was so good, you know? Yeah, he gets the jobs, I think. Yeah, see I I just Dan Schulman's done fine, right? Marv Albert whose real name is definitely not Albert. It's not Marvin Philip Off Rich Tig. See, there's a good example. I, I my parents generation was duped and they liked it, but I also think there. I don't like being duped. I, I want real. I also if your name's Marv. Yeah, but the Rattle, world has changed. There was also a time when people would change their names to hide, you know, or at least try and cover up whatever their religious or whatever their heritage was to try and you come to America. You, so there, you know, there are people that grew up in that era. Now, if you're 80, understandable, you, under, you know, fair. Like, 
Fair. Hard to judge. Society's way different. Here's one. I I still my dad doesn't know the answer. I don't know the answer. My grandfather, my dad's dad, unbelievable man. Saul is his name. S O L. He was born Solomon. That's a solid. That's a solid Jewish name. Saul. Saul. So, but a lot of yeah. people spell it S A U L. His is S O L. But I think he changed. He was born Solomon and changed it to just Saul. Like it's not short. I don't know if it used to be S A U L. No one knows. No one in the family knows why. But see, that's not as crazy of a change, wouldn't you agree? Like he just kind of yeah, went shorter no, no, on something name. that yeah, already kind of sounded. I don't even get it, but I do think no. I do think there's a gener. I think partly it's got to be generational too. Like there yeah. were generations that just were changing names, not for stage, but just for personal safety. They thought true. And, and, and some people are just born lucky. Like if your last name is Johnson, right? Billy Johnson, Dustin Johnson, or Thomas, like Justin Thomas, James Thomas. Like it's just going to be an easy. Now name people to say. name their kids to make sure that they'll be a pro. Now you can't pick your last name, but your first name you can. I I also think guy a lot of people name their kids now to be way different. Like they're they're actually going away from just Kevin James. Like no, I would say most people our age and younger aspire to get away from that. Yeah. Which How do you spell that? Weird. Yeah. Your your name's your your kid's name is what? You know, how often in, do you remember roll call? I don't even know if this happens anymore in like fifth grade when they would just, you know, the substitute teacher would be there or the first day of class and they couldn't really say the name. Yeah. And people would make fun of them or whatever. Always. Yeah. How long just, until just, does that still happen? Is, is, is how many people named John just don't spell it J O N or J O H N? Is there a J O J A W N out there? There's got to be. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. G J A W N. I I will not I will I will not be going off color off brand with my kids name. I'm going to keep it relatively simple. Yeah, I'm with you. But we'll see. You know. But part of that is you got Middlecoff and I got Haberman. It's just there's always like a is that a did you say M or N? Uh, but I, but I, but I'd say Haberman is much easier to say like James Haberman. But I, but know? I get from people where you spell it. It's the, I'll Haberman. be like yeah I get I get a lot of Haberman. And did you say M or N? It's like, well, M as in Mary, A, N, right? I get, I have to spell yeah. it for people like over the phone. So I can't go some weird, because I already got to deal with the last name. There's just, it's just not a name you glance at and immediately know, right? True, true. It's the reason we should call this podcast Smith and Jones. Yeah, or, or just name it something. But it's, we're too far down that. We, we are. We, we can't change our names now. No, there's there's no there's no looking back. All right, um, Mookie Betts, incredible name, like Mookie Betts. That's sweet. Not but just, I, but I but I think Mookie, his first name is not Mookie, right? But Betts That's is his. just you put anything with Betts and you you're off to a great start. Yeah, Billy Betts, Marcus Marcus Betts. Yeah, you're right. It, it, Mookie Betts is a sweet fucking name. There's no. That's a badass name. You do not forget Mookie Betts. Like, how come they're just there are Sage Rosenfels is just not a quarterback name that you hear more than one. There's that, that it's mostly Drew Olson. Now his name is Marcus Lynn Mookie Betts. Yeah. So I think Mookie must be a No Mookie. Like, even if it was Marcus Betts. I'm seeing Mookie that, in parentheses in uh, quotations, right? It's a nickname, is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Like someone gave him a nickname right. when he was a kid right. or you know, when he was playing baseball, maybe in high school or something. His mom's like for a, a highly competitive bowler, from what I was reading. For a long period of time, growing up, I bet people just called him Marcus, right? His name was Marcus till Mookie took off, would be my guess. I'm just saying Sage Rosenfeld's to beat all odds, John. That's just not a quarterback I can, I, name. I, 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 I agree there. 
All right, 10-year contracts. I tweeted this. I guess the contract got announced on Wednesday, and by Wednesday night, I was already tired of, like, people who I – people texted me, baseball, like, oh, this is this con- – they this is crazy. By the time he's done with this contract, he's going to be 37, 38 years old. What an overpay. And I've been saying this for years, I think, back to the Zito deal. Yeah, that was an overpay. But it's only an overpay that matters if it prevents you from doing something else. If you are rich enough to make mistakes with your money and you can recover, which the Dodgers are, then it's completely irrelevant. All that matters to the Dodgers is they got Mookie Betts. That's the only thing that matters. The Dodgers are not, in five years, going to not sign some guy that they want to sign because their owner says, well, I mean, you know, we're paying Mookie. I don't think we could spend the extra money on Matt Chapman or like if they don't sign Matt Chapman, it'll just because be because they don't want to sign Matt Chapman, not because they don't have the money to sign Matt Chapman. So I think it's a no brainer for them. It's not no baseball is unique, right? It's not everybody that can operate like the Dodgers, but they got Mookie to pay him $27 million this year. And to do it, they also took on David Price's contract, which is how much extra money did they take on a David Price, like $75 million or whatever it is. Got off of the 20 this year because he opted out. Yeah, but it, so they took <laughs> no, on yeah. when they took it on, what they thought they were taking on was three years at $16 million, even though the Red Sox are paying some of it, whatever. The point is, yeah. they've got it cash. does this is an irrelevant contract. The Dodgers got Mookie Betts beginning and end of story. It doesn't matter. 12 for 365 and 27 this year combined is 392 for 13 years, is what he's getting. Whatever, man. They got one of the best players in baseball. And when he's too old to be worth this contract, it's not going to matter to them. Well, the guy, to me, in football and basketball, and in football, Mahomes is an all-time outlier. Plus, the reality is with Mahomes' deal, like after like year five, they get team options equivalent, right? They're in control of it. In mo- But mo- most of the cost, the, the deals in football that limit teams – it's not you're really not on the hook for some of these contracts for like seven eight years. Even though some of them be like, oh, I got six years, 150 million. It's really like a three year contract. Right. The problem where it gets dicey in football is like the guy severs his leg year one on a tackle, and you're like, fuck, we got to pay this guy for the next two years. Basketball, the max amount you can pay someone years wise is five, and that guy has to be on your own team. LeBron James, when he went to the Lakers, got four. Now that can get shitty if you sign a guy to a four year contract and by year two he sucks. In baseball, there's no cap. So to me, what's the point of having, like, this This is my problem with the Giants, and we'll see the next couple years, like, what's the point in having fuck you money if you don't say fuck you? And the Dodgers did. And when I saw people like, you know, are they really going to one-year rental? They're not going to one-year rental Mookie Betts. They stole him, and they were going to pay him. Like, this was the most predictable thing going. I didn't know how much money it was going to, clearly it wasn't going to be cheap, but, like, no way Mookie Betts was, like, going to be a Yankee next season. Like, he was going to be a Dodger. And the thing in baseball like you said, if you have the money to pay the Yankees and the, the Red Sox gave Pablo like a hundred million dollars by halfway through he's shitting and fat and they're just like get out of here and they just paid him to go away and that's I'm jealous like the Giants don't ever do that with anybody like it's just the the Dodgers have done it before like Carl Crawford I think they did it recently but they've kind of built their team now where they're not they don't have bad most of their guys are young uh, and Kershaw's like the one guy they've consistently paid. But in baseball, like you're a huge top four or five team, the Cardinals, even the let's look at the the Angels, right? They gave Pools a shitty deal. Well, they've doubled down on Trout. They went and bought Otani. Like they, they've just bought Rendon. Like 
part of having unlimited pockets in baseball, it does benefit you, right? You can just you can do whatever the I mean, fuck you want. Yeah, there is a luxury tax, so you do sometimes have to manage that. But the Dodgers, to your point, have done a, the Dodgers don't just go out and throw money around. They don't. They've been but this really deal. Let's it. just say, let's say Mahomes is the best player in football, and Mookie Betts is the second best player in baseball. So like he'd be the equivalent of like Russell Wilson, or whatever. The difference is that in baseball, you'd say, well, the one thing is like Mahomes or Russell Wilson guarantees you the playoffs every year. If you just have Mookie Betts alone, your team's not as good. It would not, correct? We've seen it with the Angels for a while. Yeah, they've had the best player in baseball, and it doesn't it doesn't equate to anything guaranteed. But when your team is stacked and you get this guy, I, I mean, to me, this was the, probably the easiest. Like, you, I saw you tweeting about it. Were people really complaining? Like, I, I got several texts from people that are just like, "This is an over, like this is an overpay." I'm like, to me, and I just guy, saw people debating whether or not it's an overpay. It's like, guys, it, this isn't going to stop you, the Dodgers from doing anything. Can you overpay if it doesn't limit your finances? That's where if I it doesn't limit back. your finances, you can't overpay. If you're willing to pay the luxury taxes, if you're willing to, then it doesn't matter. S- someone told me this recently, and it kind of made me laugh. They said, I read a quote from a guy that was worth $5 billion, and the question, he was in an interview, and the guy was like, could you describe being a billionaire in a, the most humble way possible? And the guy's like, think of it like this. Everywhere you go in life, everything is free. And I was like, wow. Because you never think about the cost of anything. It's irrelevant. And I think the one thing you'd say, there is a luxury tax, you're right, in in baseball. But if you the amount of money you make when you win, like the Dodgers have been doing and like the Yankees do, paying an extra $20, $30 million, you don't even give a shit. Because the revenue split or the revenue sharing right in baseball, like they no longer have to pay the ace, correct? Or the Mariners or some of these low-budget teams. I think that got... I think it ended like this. It was going to end this year. I don't know how it's going to work with Corona, but it's definitely over. Like that was a big thing for the A's. They're not going to have the free money coming from like the Giants and the Dodgers and the Angels anymore, right? So there is an element of what's the point in doing? I, I never understand. Like Jerry Jones would love to pay everyone. He just can't. There are rules, right? So it's like no one ever says rules like, that he Jerry- likes. But yeah. Yeah, but it's just I, I do think if he could, he would be more aggressive. Or Jed, I think a lot of NFL teams would because they have so much fucking. They're all making so much money, but they can't. So no one's the same with basketball. There's a legit cap. They but In but baseball, again, they can't because the owner like it is an artificial suppression, right, for their own good. Well, which whatever. Uh, yeah, for their own good, it would be bad. The, the amount of shitty contracts that would be signed would not benefit the fans because it happens in baseball. We see it a lot. That I, I if. I just think it's cool when these big deals get handed out from the big boys. It's like, they're not doing it to try to lose. Now, they don't always work out, but if I'm a fan of the team, like, fuck. Like, think about the most of the deals over the last couple years have been big-name, high-priced star players. Now, again, Machado didn't equal anything for the Padres, but if I'm a Padre fan and we signed him, like, fuck yeah, at least we're trying. Like, what? what is the point of having all this money and you're not spending it? Now, you'd say for the most part in baseball – the teams with money spend the money. Like, I'm hard on the Giants. They've just spent it on the wrong guys. But they do spend money. So, you know, it's just, it behooves you for, you know, I guess the offseason to be a fan of teams that spend money in baseball. Like, the NFL's got it. It's the worst in the NBA, right? Like, the Major League Baseball, you can, as long as you have the money somewhere, you can do whatever you want. In the NFL, like you said, as long as... 
as long as you sign the right player, and even if you sign the right player, I should say, you're probably not going to see the end of a 10-year contract because you'll change it for the player's sake. And if the player's not good I'd say enough, that, you get out of the contract. To, to me, the NFL business like the NF, the NFL's business model is basically draft and develop and then, and then pay big money, right? Your, your draft is your lifeblood. In, in baseball, it's not really. It helps, you know, having good minor leaguers. But your lifeblood of, uh, is different for the A's and is different for the Dodgers, right? They, they, they're just fundamentally different because they operate differently financially. The Bengals and the Cowboys, to get good, have the same philosophy. We want to draft star players and then extend them, right? Because how many players, in theory, like unless you're doing a huge trade, you're never signing in the open market a Mookie Betts equivalent in football. They never hit the open market. They're not available. Like most elite players in football are going to be under contract for their first eight to nine years, right? In baseball, that guy kind of becomes available on some of these lower budget teams by year four or five, correct? Because that team knows I got to maximize. I can't available by, by trade. Not available by trade, but then, but if you're if you're going to be super aggressive to trade, if you're a big market team, you also are kind of thinking like the Dodgers about extending, typically, correct? Yeah, yeah. So there's just a there's just a fun and basketball is kind of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, although basketball to me is just it's gotten to the, the because the contracts have gotten so big, players now are willing to do a two year contract for twenty eight million. Or that, that's yeah, basketball is a little out, basketball is a little out of whack. I, again, I don't think that's the best for the fans. I've been saying that for a while because although it's good to not have seven year contracts because you don't get stuck, I don't think it's good to have players just hitting free agency every two or three years, right? Now the NFL is different because their player career, like their star players, are the ones. It's just in the NBA, more players are treated like NFL stars, right? Plenty yes. of NFL players change teams all the time. It's just not the well, star Well, like, put players. it this way. J.J. Watt was drafted in 2011. Let's just hypothetically say this is J.J. Watt's last season in the NFL. This is his last. And he basically had a 10-year career. The Texans fans would say, that was the best 10-year career we might ever see, right? It just doesn't get – and it, it would be feel kind of normal. Like, it just – he ran out of juice. His injuries caught up. It's just over. That would be very like if if Clay Thompson's career just ended year nine. That'd be like, whoa, that's weird, right? I mean, Mookie Betts is twenty seven, and we feel like he's going to have ten more years in football. Really having the power of like year three to seven, are what you want to have for all your star players. Like George Kittle last year for the next three years is kind of when you want to have him. You don't unless you're a quarterback you're kind of playing with fire after year probably nine, right? You just, for every Anquan Bolden, most guys are just not that, right? Even just, I'm not even talking star, I'm just talking good players. Like, you look at most rosters, it's not like, oh, just six 33-year-olds. Like, no. Like, Richard Sherman's old, and he's 31. Right, right. Right? Yep. He feels he feels really old, and but he's not. Like, if he was a baseball player, he's fucking like four years younger He'd than Josh Donaldson. he a contract coming. Oh my God! But it's all re- like the nature of the sport. It's all relative. Whereas NBA players, you're 24 years old. You've been in the league five years, maybe, right? Yeah, it. it that's where none of them really parallel each other. They're, they're dramatically different, and the the injury element in football trumps the other other two sports. And why? Yeah, like if players, would you agree? The NFL would probably have to change their business model a little bit if if injuries were a quarter of as powerful. Right, like injuries were, uh, kind of they they didn't happen often. Like in, in baseball, 
they do happen, but you don't think about, like, at any moment, the guy's career could end catching a fly ball. Like, at any moment, a guy's career could end. Just Yeah, I mean, a pitcher, I guess, maybe, but... But you don't look at it as much, like... But they're not Position players is... Yeah. I I think part of this, too, with... I I mean, you would think we're just going to see more of this because teams want some player control, and teams are going to delay paying a guy an annual value of $50 million. Like Mookie's contract, right? The Now, it's it doesn't actually work out like this because you got a massive, you got a, what, a $65 million signing bonus? Yeah, to avoid some taxes which is in a, California. Like, I, give me the whole thing as a bonus that we spread out. I mean, wow. Um, but his contract's $30 million a year, right? So in order to get him... At thirty million a year, they had to give him a twelve-year contract. Like if the Dodgers said, "Okay, we want to do a five-year deal," what would they have had to pay him per year? Like two hundred fifty million dollars. So if everybody's, they would have had to pay him fifty million no, a year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So five years, two hundred fifty, and then he could be thinking, "Well, I'll hit it again and do that again." Yeah, but he's like, "Why would I? I'll just take the extra one sixty-five. I'll give you the other seven years, and I just got an extra one sixty-five guaranteed to me." So I think as everybody's making but what, more money, but, but would you would you have done if you were him? You're 27 years old, four for 200, and just go, well, I'll reheat it at 32. Yeah. I'll be the best player in baseball. Who, now, there's risk, who, right? Who you are risking. more likely to do that deal, the Dodgers or him? The Dodgers. Four, oh, you think the Dodgers would be more likely to do four for 200? Wouldn't you rather do a shorter-term deal than something super I long? I would, generally speaking, but four for 200? But you got the you could say oh we got the second best player in baseball and we have him in the prime of his yeah. career. Yeah, I mean, but my point is there's just I, a number. I, I'm fun. I'm fundamentally against. I'm with you. It it doesn't change the Dodgers' philosophy, their business, their team building it, at all. It it has no impact. But it is not a, like you can't have a straight face and argue 10, 12 year deals that he'll when be you, worth when it. it when every penny is guaranteed, unlike Mahomes, yeah. are worth it. Because right. they're not. No, no, they're we, not. We have the evidence. Every single one fails. They're, yes. Or, or at least by the last couple of years. So I would rather pay more of a premium if money means nothing and just get the shorter term and then just give me some leeway. Maybe I'll want him back. Maybe we'll realize we got the best years. Let him go. Well, look, that's, uh, what, the, just, that's I, what the Giants want to do with Bryce, right, is give him like a three, a two-year contract that wasn't it like – I don't even remember what four, three years at forty five or something. Remember, there were some teams that wanted to give Bryce a short, well, big deal. Well, I think no. I remember that. Remember the Giants offered the three hundred. The Dodgers were the, the Dodgers team that offered one. like three years, one forty five or something. The point is, I just think we're going to see more of these long term deals. The difference is Mookie's a lot contract. better player than Bryce Harper, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd rather have Mookie, but I, 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 to me, it's just more about the years. I mean, do, I mean why aren't we going to see more longer, longer contracts? Well, there aren't that many Mookie Betts. There aren't that many Patrick Mahomes. Like to, to me, there is an element as a if I'm a GM or I'm an owner, you got to be pretty special to do this stuff. And I'd say the last several players, say what you want about Bryce Harper, he is a unique business promotion for your team, right? He does bring some elements. Scott Boris can be full of shit, but one of his things is like it draws more eyeballs. It gets more. He's right. Definitely. Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, A-Rod like, a- signed a 10-year contract once upon a time. And I'd say he's an outlier. I mean, we're talking about outlier humans, right, in their sport. Like, is Deshaun Watson, are the, are the Texans offering him 10 years? No, I, I, I'd i feel good giving him 7-8. Like, it, am I doing the same thing as Mahomes? Probably not. But, but I would but go I would longer this, than like, most. With a quarterback, if you think he's the guy, 
Yeah. Then you just lower the annual value of the contract. You give yourself potentially more control over the guy if he's young enough. That's the other thing. Like I don't think guys, it would be. I don't NFL, think it would be crazy. Paid pretty young. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it would be as crazy if they gave if Deshaun Watson got the Mahomes deal at instead of four seventy five at three hundred million. Right? You'd be like, well, they got him under contract. He's their star quarterback for his entire career if they choose. And like we said, the difference in football is. It's actually like a five-year deal, you know, and they'll renegotiate. Mookie Betts' deal is the deal, unless he has opt-outs, right? That that money is theirs. Like, they're, yeah. he ain't going like yeah. – there's no – the Dodgers are like, we're over this, you're six, you know, moving on. Yeah, I mean, some some deals will have, you know, it's 20 mil. Like, I think Buster's deal has, you know, the last year can be bought out for $5 million. It does. Something for, like that. I, it's three, but he – they did have to pay him for seven. Right? No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like – most of the opt-outs and contracts are to the player's benefit. There are some of those, but it's like Cueto's contract was two-year opt-out, his choice. He was like, I'm hurt. I'm good. Yeah. I'll opt in. Oh, no. Well, the, can you imagine the NFL agents and NFL players if you gave them those options? Wait, I get to opt out? Like, they, they would – I mean, that that would be – Would Garoppolo opt out right now? Well, yeah. Why wouldn't he? Fuck Yeah. Any any good player would always opt out. Maybe not. I mean, Corona got a little weird, but non you know financial things getting weird, they would always opt out. Because what are you going to do? You're either going to franchise them, or you're going to let me hit the market, and I'm going to get more money. It just it would be it would be chaos. It also goes to show that fun. some premium things are just immune to market fluctuations, right? Like the idea that uh COVID is Mookie going to get less money? No. No, it, it impacts. Because keep in mind, he could have waited and hit free agency. Maybe without COVID, he waits and hits free agency. I don't know. but Maybe he likes in L.A. To me, there's there's an element of this virus. Like, it does not impact in sports a LeBron James, right. a Patrick Mahomes, a Mookie Betts. Now, it will impact a middle-of-the-road guy for sure, right? Like, could it cost Marcus Simeon? $30 million. Now, he's still going to make a lot, but who knows? Maybe not, though. Time will tell. I mean, I I would lean no, but you never know. John, let's tell the people about Burrow. B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash ham. Go to Burrow.com slash ham. There's no way we can describe it that's as cool as seeing it, so you got to see the 23,000 ways to customize your perfect sofa. You assemble and break it down yourself in minutes. It gets mailed to you in multiple pieces. And when I say multiple, it just gets mailed to you in sections. And you just put the sections together, fold down the clips, clip, clip, securely. No one knows it's a couch that came in two or three different pieces. And when it's time to move it, you can move it. When it's time to move it to another part of the living room, it's easy to do. Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash ham. Go check it out right now. Yeah, burrow.com slash ham. Uh, 23,000 different ways to customize your perfect sofa. USB charger. It delivered to your door. Very, very easy to put together. It's one of the things they hang their hat on. Anyone, even like Guy or me, who are not good at doing those things, can put the thing together. Facts. Uh, they also sell shelves, wall shelves. Uh, just like the couches, the new shelves are modular. So you can start with one and add to it. It's really fantastic. Like, Just check out their website. Go to Burrow.com. Uh, well, actually, Burrow.com slash ham. And check out all the options. They got a ton of things for you guys to check out. Go to Burrow.com slash ham. Get $75 off your purchase, plus fast and free shipping. Key, free shipping. See the, di- see the site for details. 
That's Burrow, like Joe Burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash ham, $75 off. Pick your fabric color, the leg finish, the armrest style, the length. You want to add a chase lounge or an ottoman, you can do that. Um, it's, it, it is one of these things, John, that is just uh, very obvious after the fact. Like, how did no one think of this? How did nobody... I've had a couch delivered to an apartment with small, uh, like, a, you know, multiple stairs. You have to bring some. They had to take it apart before they could put it back together because the doorway was too small. Massive pain in the ass. I love my couch, but I also dread the day I have to move it out of this living room. That's not a problem with Burrow. Fast nope. and free shipping. Zero interest financing. 75 bucks off your purchase. Fast and free shipping. See the site. Go check it out. You uh, Like I said, what we describe, it's much better to see it. Burrow.com slash ham. Get on it. Peep that shit. Uh, Roto World had GM ranks, John, and they ranked John Lynch sixth overall among NFL GMs. Is John Lynch really a top 10 GM in the NFL? And by the way, John Lynch has been on this show. We love John Lynch. I think he's a super high-level guy. I think he's done a really good job, and I think in what they ask of him, he does a really good job. Do I do I view him like I would Belichick, uh, Kevin Colbert, John Schneider, even uh, Brett? What Brett Ve- What is asked of Brett Veach? And I know that Andy asks of Brett Veach. You run the personnel. I do not. Chris Ballard. Because did you say Ballard? Ballard picks all the players. Now he works hand in hand with Frank. And I I know we both saw this this year because I saw the kid. Uh, Michael uh, Michael Pittman just signed a deal with a local dealership, Ram dealership, on his Instagram. Yeah. And, and and Frank, the head coach, Frank Reich, was the guy pounding the table the hardest, I think, for Michael Pittman Jr. Loved him. So thought he saw Vincent Jackson. And they ended up picking him. I'm not saying some of these coaches with GM-heavy organizations don't have a lot of pull. I think we know that Kyle Shanahan has all the pull. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't listen to John and is not influenced by John. I just have a hard time putting a guy that ultimately is not the decision maker at six because I, I just, I, I can't do it guy. I, I, I think that's a little high because are we just basing on one season? He went from, I'm sure way lower because of a lot of his high picks were looking shitty to now he's a top six GM. Like he doesn't negotiate the contracts and I'm not saying like Veach negotiates the contracts, Chris Ballard, right? They have contract negotiators, but you know, I think Parag plays probably a bigger role for the Niners for a non-GM coach in terms of the power of value and contracts than most organizations. And, and then you factor in Kyle as the guy kind of leading the charge of every player decision. You know, it's tough. Yeah, I you know? look, I, I also think it's something that's hard to do in such a short amount of time. Like, as time goes on, roles develop more and more. Five years from now, maybe Kyle has – five years from we, now, just we, there are more things that can happen, right? Like, as an example, you were you were starting to say – I interrupted you. You were starting to mention the kind of combo of Brett Veach and Andy Reid. Well, once Brett Veach goes to the mat for Patrick Mahomes and convinces Andy Reid – or I don't know if convince is the word, but takes – Mahomes to Andy Reid and will not relent when he tells Andy Reid you got to watch this guy. When you have a signature move like that, now you get to you you get to be viewed on your on your own two legs. John Schneider was not always viewed that way, but over time he is viewed that way. Like you'd have to say, best GMs the NFL well, right well, now. What what set John Schneider apart? Right, 
was that Pete Carroll's like, yeah, he liked this quarterback. I hadn't met him. He brought him to the facility. And this is this is kind of what made John Schneider John Schneider. And Pete goes, God, I met Russell Wilson, and he was tiny. And my first response, people forget. You look back at those USC teams. You went to several practices. What, what did the USC teams look like? Just absolute <laughs> ass kickers. And fucking massive, right? I mean, at, Matt Liner is a huge human being. Carson Palmer is massive. Mark Sanchez is a big guy. They And he said that John Schneider would not relent. Finally convinced them. They took him. What happened from then on out? John Schneider's been viewed as one of the best GMs. He picks all the players. Because Pete goes, God, I can try this guy knows what he's talking John Schneider changed Pete Carroll's career, did he not? With that, like convincing him to take that player? Changed, changed, changed the whole franchise. Like, changed I, the NFL. There hasn't been a story quite like that for John Lynch. With a player that's like, you know, John Lynch... Would, we couldn't remove him from the room unless we took George Kittle. He said, if we do not fucking sign Richard Sherman coming off an Achilles, he will retire, right? Or just one of these moves. Like, they just, that kind of separates you. I, I'm sorry. And they just haven't had that. If anything, it was like, Kyle was at dinner with Richard Sherman, right? I, I had heard last year, Kyle was the guy that fell in love with Nick Bosa. Now, now listen, like, most people love Nick Bosa, but it was just, Kyle coached Debo Samuel at the Senior Bowl and liked him. This year, Kyle thought that Brandon Ayuk was the second best wide receiver in the draft. Like that's just again, it's just I am, the structure. It's, John Lynch people. Yes, it's just the structure of the decision making. So to me, if John, if they can have a moment where Trent Williams, how they land Trent Williams? Oh, he wanted to play for Kyle. But <laughs> don't. Just, yeah, I mean, I also I'm not think diminishing him. There's yeah, so much of this is about. At the end of the day, the best GMs will get uh, get credit for two things: maneuvering the draft and drafting, and player evaluation. So, like, but who manu- who maneuvers the draft for the Niners? Well, I mean, Prague, I guess. I y- yeah, I'm saying he's the guy in charge. Yeah, yeah, of the but trades. but I'm just saying that is what GMs get. That's what GMs get. But Prague is not the player. He's not evaluating the players. We're just saying John Lynch or Adam Peters or. Kyle Shannon says, this is the guy we need. And then Prague knows all the values perfectly, right? But my point is that is what GMs get evaluated on. Maneuvering in the draft and player valuation. So like Howie Roseman, I would say his number one, the thing he gets credit for is the draft maneuvering, right? Above player eval. Would you agree with I that? I think he all, I, yeah, and he's he was kind of a pioneer in aggressive NFL trades. And he does it a lot. Like even this year, th- and yeah, so maybe aggressive that's, NFL trades for cheap, like third and a five for Darius Slay. Like he just lands a lot of guys. Okay, like we won't even call it draft maneuvering. Just tr- trade maneuvering. And draft maneuvering, wheeling and yeah. dealing. Yeah, wheeling and dealing. Ballard, Belichick, I would say, is, which, is what's Ballard's player evaluation. Yeah, he just doesn't miss on many guys. I, I'd say Belichick, like Howie, you just go. Belichick's a wheeler and a dealer. Like at any moment, Belichick could just acquire a guy or trade a guy. Like it happens all the time. Schneider kind of feels like both. Yeah, I mean, he got, remember, got super aggressive there for a while. I think his calling card is he fucking went to the mat for Russell Wilson. That was his favorite player ever. Right? That was kind of a transcendent moment. And then they had moments. Yeah, and I and I would say for me like, now, it I feels don't think like, Schneider gets as much credit for, like, Richard Sherman. Like, it feels like Pete Carroll loved yeah, him, too. Yeah, see, right? I, I kind of think of Schneider at now as never drafts high and keeps his team solid. Yeah. You know? I agree. A lot of nowhere, even like last year. I don't know who they get credit for this pick, but 
I think DK Metcalf was a polarizing pick and immediately he was. fucking sweet for yeah. him. Because a lot of people thought like, oh, someone's just going to take this guy way higher than they should. He just he runs 8 million miles an hour. And then by about week five, you're like, is that DK Metcalf just catching bombs from Russell Wilson? But here's you know? the other thing, though. The other side of this coin, and this is the part we don't really know, is it's not as if John Lynch has zero personnel input, right? No, that, that's where it's and like. And you do get credit for half of the job is, or more than half the job is working with others, which we kind of, sometimes we dismiss it. But it's a major issue in the NFL. Well, for example, Mayock and Gruden, or excuse me, Mayock and John Lynch are similar in the fact, in the sense of they both work for coaches that have full power. Yet I'd say when you look at the two of them, it feels like John, his role for the team, while he watches tape and stuff, is a little more, and this is going to sound bad because I'm not, this John Lynch is a fucking borderline Hall of Famer, knows football, he's a Stanford-educated an absolute badass. The guy's like a football legend. Like, he knows football. He knows way more football than me. I scouted in the league. Like, he knows... He can figure out how to scout a player. This is not... You don't need to go to engineering school The fucking... You don't need to be an architect or engineer from Cal to learn how to build a bridge here. This is, we're just talking football. It's not that complicated. But it feels like you go Mayock, more kind of a true scout. John, a little bit more doing some other stuff for the organization while he's running the personnel department, Right? Like, it doesn't feel like they asked Mayock to be the face of the franchise well, a little bit like John is. I mean, even I, though Kyle kind of is too, it's more Gruden. The, you know what I'm the saying? The fact is, yes. And the fact is, I guess when part Lynch of it is Mayock, up, when he was hired, the 49ers a, had a, a PR problem. The 49ers had a bunch of press conferences year after year where they got hammered. And it's not just in the press conference, but they were getting hammered year after year for fighting among Harbaugh and Balky. Bad hire and Tom Sula and Chip. And it was a mess. And they needed a couple of things. They needed somebody who could answer for the organization that wasn't the owner. It's just bad when your owner's doing too many press conferences, no matter who you are. It's just, by and large, it's a bad recipe to have your owner answering for football decisions all the time, which is what was happening, right? Jed had to answer for the relationship between the GM and the head coach. Jed had to answer for why did you hire Tom Sula? How did you guys screw that up? Jed had to answer for Chip. What a disaster that was. And it was just they needed somebody who could speak it was, for the it was organization bad. that could also speak to the football part of the operation. And that's a hard thing to find in somebody who's willing to not have full power. Like Tom Coughlin, I'll be that guy. Cool, but I also want full power. Yeah. Like what, what, what does Ron Rivera get for t- taking Diane Snyder's job, right? Right. But here's the thing. is like when you say that, it almost sounds like you're saying – Oh, well, John Lynch's job is to go to ribbon cuttings and sh- and fourth grade yeah. talent shows and hospital yeah. have, dedication. Have golden shovels in his hands yeah, like, and stuff. No, he has to sit up there and account for why we're doing what we're doing and be kind of publicly accountable for some things that he doesn't actually get to make the final decision on. And you're right. There's no way to say that and make it sound like it's not a puff headline, but it's not. And on top of that, he like, I don't know who does it now, feel like cr- loved Reuben Foster the most, him, John Lynch, yeah. But I mean, I, in fairness, like I love Reuben Foster. All my no, buddies no, in the I'm, league I'm love. I'm saying Ruben that Foster. as a compliment. I'm saying he yeah. clearly has power when it comes to football evaluation, as he should. He's freaking John Lynch. Now he loved Solomon Thomas. It felt like he loved Solomon Thomas light a lot too. It does feel like he had a lot of juice in that first one, and it didn't go quite well. Right, But I just know when you hear like part of the conversations 
of Kyle Shanahan's decision making involves the or the descriptions of his decision making involve the conversations he has with John Lynch, whether it's the conversations yes. about C.J. Beathard and whether we should or whether we shouldn't, or the conversation it, about it, Joe Williams, the running back, right? Like, you, you don't get credit for this, and you can't quantify this, and it, it might not even be true, but I think it's fair to take an educated guess and just following the situation. John brings a huge benefit for a first-time head coach having an older guy who has accomplished a shitload and seen a lot and been around a ton of different coaches to just be there for Kyle those first couple years, right? Is There there is something there. Like Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, those guys, they need help, right, when they got the job, but they didn't need someone to comfort them. Like there was something to be said about John Lynch being there for Kyle Shanahan when just like, hey, what should I do here? Or hey, just talking to him. Like they're... Just being a leader, because it is un like his greatest quality, and even he admits this is that he's just a natural leader of men. Whether it's on the football field, whether it's in the building, like he's good at that. I do think it probably helps Kyle, who just the pressures of the head coach and the stress, and it's not going well. His first couple years had to benefit, right? Like I, I think, yes. for example, the Mayock thing. I think it helps Gruden when you respect someone, whether you listen to everything they say or not. It does help when you have someone just to talk to on a daily fucking basis. Reggie McKenzie was not that guy. Somebody who you're both confident enough in yourselves that you can disagree. I also think, John, it's possible that two or three or four or five years from now, you and I talk about this list to go, yes, John Lynch is a top six GM. I mean, keep in mind, he's never he came from the broadcast booth. So it might be that for him, we don't look at him as a guy that has a learning curve necessarily because – it doesn't affect the team really because their front office is stacked with people who are really experienced, right? In terms of assistant GMs who were former GMs or guys who are going to be GMs, Parag, Kyle, who has every piece of experience you would need except the head coaching piece of experience coming in, but was super experienced in terms of just player evaluation, play calling, blah, 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 blah. Um, so there's nothing that says John Lynch's role doesn't evolve in the coming years to something that, is even more, and he, again, it's it's weird because he is so involved in the football, but there's nothing that says he's not easily a top five or six GM five years from now that we do talk about him that way. I, I completely agree. It just there are too many guys, right? Part of this is because you would be impossible three just years said, into it out of the broadcast booth to be a top six GM. Well, if we said let's rank all the GMs right now, everything we just said does not make John Lynch seventeenth. No. Right. But it's just like, would you put him ahead of Bill, Veach, Schneider, Ballard, Howie, even like, like they had him ahead of Spielman and Brandon Bean. Like these are, it's tough when you're, when you're comparing him to guys who have total player personnel control. It just, it makes it, it's early on. It's hard to jump those guys or guys that have, you know, not that Schneider does, but just guys that have established now who they are. I mean, Mickey Loomis has been the GM there for 15 years, and they've won a shitload of games. Uh, Say what you want, and I know this guy, people make – Jerry Jones built fucking pretty good teams over the last decade, right? I mean, he's picked a lot of good players. If anything, their knock – you could say he's been a better GM than the coach he had, right? Their their team – part of the reason – Part of the GM's job, though. True, but – you can't say that is part of the GM's job to hire the coach. Well, John Lynch is in charge of hiring the coach. So it's like not every GM is held to the yeah, same standard, yeah. right? Yeah. That's yeah. where if you're just judging them on wheeling and dealing and personnel moves, you would have to put Jerry Jones ahead of John Lynch over the last five years. 
He just picked more Pro Bowl players. Because he's, I'm, I'm just, he's, he also, I, I'm just, who, but didn't Steven talk him out of Johnny Manziel? Yeah, but I mean, you get talked out. I, I don't, if you get talked out of it, you know, ultimately part of being a decision maker is what was your final decision? They got talked out of Johnny Manziel, I think for Zach Martin, who's made like five Pro Bowls. So you, if you just come to the final decision right. of doing whatever X, even if you wanted like, you know, they, they really wanted Mitch Trubisky, but they said, nope, we're taking Mahomes. That's a good point. Well, so like I should get credit when I badly want a double cheeseburger and get talked out of it for a salad. I made the decision to allow to be talked out of that double cheeseburger. I didn't, those calories never went in my body. You can't hold that against me. Totally agree. My body, I don't get fat off a double cheeseburger. I almost ate. That's why I went to fucking Wendy's on the way home from golf and might've ordered a side cheeseburger for the drive, you know, because I wanted to power it down before I got home to eat it on my, uh, on my desk. Well, to your credit, when I went tuna melt, you went salad pre-round. That's how I justified it. Nobody ever, never, got, nobody ever pulled out a, a dime. By the way, not that we didn't no. try, but it just, it's everything. It, it was one of those "don't ask, don't tell" type <laughs> situations. You're just like, I, you know, it's incredible. If you need me to pay? I'll pay. Now, one of the things that was a topic of discussion on the golf course was To, To racing Tyreek Hill at 46 years old. So I was thinking about it this way because we've had a lot of uh, big personality receivers make news recently. John, AB retired, but also. Was Mad at the NFL over some I didn't even care enough to read why he's what his issue is. Did you follow up on that story? Yes, he well, he said he's done and two days within two days he s- snaps at the NFL with a picture of Roger Goodell that they're fucking him That's right. by not coming to a resolution when he's given them phone records, he's given them access to jury duty, he's given them, you know, everything possible. I kinda so on it, thinks, I, I make some sense. Like, can you just suspend me already? Well, I, I think his overall argument that the NFL sometimes feels very slow to make a decision is no one would argue against A.B. Now, I think coming from the messenger, this individual is like, Antonio, you just sent out a tweet that you retired two days ago. It's like I, I it was the a tactic. flow with you. Though, I might have taken an edible the other night and ended up on a YouTube on Antonio Brown. I was like, what was this guy? He, he's one of the most incredible players to ever play in the NFL guy over a five-year stretch. Unstoppable, touchdown scoring machine, could not be covered. Jalen Rant, you name it, any single corner, he torched. He dominated. It. I came to the conclusion after watching the YouTube, it really is, not that his situation is sad because a lot of it's self-inflicted. It is like, while he had a Hall of Fame type five, six-year run, he should have become like a 10-year run and been known as like the second or third best wide receiver right. ever. He was unstoppable guy. And unlike Randy Moss or T.O. that were physical freaks, this guy's tiny. And he was he could not be stopped. Could. I? One of the plays on the highlight was the 35-35 game, Raiders-Pittsburgh, and they were going back and forth, back and forth. They ran a quick screen, remember? And Charles Woodson pushed him out of bounds to kick a field goal to end the game. And he takes it like 70. Underrated part on that quick screen he had to, like, adjust. It wasn't an easy catch. It was just like, and then he just took off. Oh, by the way, he returned kicks and punts when he was young and returned, like, seven to the house. Seven? He was done. Well, I think if you added both up, I saw, like, four punt returns to the house. He had a couple punt returners, like, game-winning punt returns. Fourth quarter, three minutes left against the Bengals when they were good with Marvin Lewis. Punt to A.B., 70 to the house. NBC football, dance, game over. It was like, God, this guy was unstoppable. Like, cause to to me, T.O., it is, it's remarkable. I mean, absolutely remarkable 
what a freak he is. But I think when you look back on his career and he dominated, he just was an all-time freak outlier. Like Vernon Davis, to a much lower extent, once he figured it out, you're like, yeah, he should be this good. To me, Antonio is kind of tiny. He just, how does he do it? I don't know. But he, he like, I get how T.O. does it, right? That's, He's bigger, faster, stronger. Skill. That's skill, right? A.B. That's about being I, I more skilled. Incre- like, incredible. Like, one of the most skilled players in the NFL history. T.O., I didn't. So I went back. There was he did a he raced Tyree Kill a couple different ways. Didn't beat I think him. Like training together and just racing. There was That's one that looked like. looked like. Did it look to you like Tyreek was had to run a like To got like a ten or twenty yard head start on a hundred yard yeah, dash. Felt, it felt like they were running a hundred and To either started at like eighty five or ninety right. Yeah, and, got, and Tyreek, yeah. I think just about caught him. It was hard to tell. It looked like they basically crossed the finish line or the goal line at the same time. And then you had Jerry Rice in bed TikToking with his girlfriend. Uh, who was basically half naked, and Jerry was naked. It felt like they were either about to have sex or just had Just had, sex. probably maybe been drinking, maybe a little high. Yeah, who maybe, knows? Looked like, yeah, he did look a little stoned. <laughs> right? And, uh, <laughs> to me, that's like they a, were having some fun. That, that is, the lo- I would say that has got to be a post-coitus TikTok. Probably post-what? Coitus. Pre-sex, you're probably what? not. Doing that, like what's what's quotas? 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 Sex? That's what sex is called. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard really? that. Probably a scientific term or something. I don't know. I, I, my my guess is they're having, they're getting high. It looked like they were just maybe on some edibles, just hanging out or really wasted. But it felt like Jerry was high because his eyes and he was smiling, mm-hmm. and he really wanted to try this. He's been hearing you can't. You see, like, TikTok, I don't even know how much longer TikTok's going to be around. Like, at any moment, it could get banned in America. Yeah. So maybe you're just like, let's try this thing out before it goes away. And then you're naked in bed. Because when he kind of turned to her, I'm like, is she going to have clothes on? And then she did. But, God, she's pretty good looking. I got to think, too, like, we went on lockdown now. Jerry's a guy that likes to get out, get around, put on a suit, head on the sidelines, be seen, very friendly, right? Gets Just does his commercials. Jerry is not an everything closed type no, guy. Jerry is not like a, you know, uh, Jerry just retired and plays a lot of golf and no one hears from him anymore. Like Jerry likes to get out, Tahoe, you know, do the whole yeah. thing. And so Jerry hasn't gotten the fix, I think, as part of that. So you got to find, uh, find other avenues to remind I people that Jer- he's the GOAT. I think Jerry's legend benefits a little bit from being pre-social because had he had been still Jerry Rice in this day and age, I think we might have remembered him a little bit differently. I think there's a chance he's mandating a trade like 10 years in. You know, I, I could just see it yeah. might not have been as smooth as back in the day when they just told you. When his rep is just grinder. Just Jerry's just one of the great all-time workers. Because you know who else rep was a grinder? Dion? I mean, like legitimately. No, people oh. say he was like the hardest working guy on the team, bar none, by far. Not even close. Antonio Brown. Like, that was his, like, they say no one practiced harder. Well, didn't Gru- like, was like it Gruden Jer- that said yeah, that, or who it, said no, that? No, it was, May- it was Mayock, because remember, he's like, I called games for NBC or whatever. He's like, I had the opportunity, or maybe it was just like when I was working in the NFL Network, I had the opportunity to go to practices, and no one in all my years I saw work harder. Like, that was his, that was, he hung his hat on, like, being the hardest worker. But he's also crazy. I'm not saying Jerry's like that, yeah, I'm, but I do think Jerry... One thing you see, 
Jerry at Niner practices, Jerry on the things with Favre. He's got a little more of that in him than his rep. And you've talked to some older players that played with him. They tell you that. But back with no social media, he was so good. It was impossible to label him as really a diva. And he was just, I mean, every year he's getting 120 catches. It's like Antonio. Forever, I think Ryan Clark was saying on ESPN, like, you guys had no clue what people were witnessing with the Steelers, right? We all saw it. It was going to get crazy. It was a ticking time bomb. And Antonio's, and like Terrell, are on the high end of the nuttiness. So Jerry's probably a little more middle of the road. But maybe, let's just say Jerry's like DeAndre Hopkins. Like, kind of complaining behind the scenes. Like, this is kind of bullshit. That's kind of how wide receivers are. Which I, I don't even totally blame them. They're just... But every Jerry Rice story you heard was like, hey, just run in the hill. Yeah, just, yeah, you try to run the hill, you're going to throw up. Deion ran the hill. The flip failed. side is like, he, yeah, like a, if AB had been in that era, would he just be viewed like Jerry? Less things, I mean, I, less yeah. ways to get in trouble? Probably. I mean, there's just, I think social media has been bad for AB, right? I mean, he's, he's screaming at a lot of people through it. And, and once you become kind of as famous as he got, everything you say kind of gets just, we keep an eye on. And he, of all the famous athletes, let's just say basketball, football, it does feel like he's the least disciplined of the group, right? I'll give NBA players a lot of credit. Like, it, for the most part, they're pretty disciplined. Like, they've got to be getting, their mentions to just be out of control. Of just not constantly being like, fuck this motherfucking loot, you oh, know, just yeah, going off yeah, on yeah, a yeah. social media post, yeah. which I, I probably would if I was in their shoes. AB just can't help himself. And I'm not even saying other players or other just random eggs. I'm talking about when you're really mad at management, when you think you're way more important than they think. And I, I, I am a little surprised it doesn't happen more on social media. Maybe we're headed toward that. I had a college coach tell me, that he thought he's seen dramatically in the last like decade, guys get way more selfish, and he just thinks it's part of the times. You social media, you're just thinking about yourself twenty four seven. You're promoting. You feel like you have to promote yourself above others. Yeah, and that's what LeBron, you know, tells you: become your own business, and the NFL's be, be, be your own business, out for yourself. What is a team game? It does become a kind of a complicated situation when you think like that 24-7. And there's some validity to it, right? You've got to think about yourself. The only person that truly cares about you is you. But, like, your right guard needs you when you're the left tackle, right? Or, you know, vice versa or whatever. Like, your other guys in your unit, like, your small forward needs you to set a back pick. Right. Right? When you're the power forward. You can't just, whoa, what about my – I'm a business. Yeah, we get We understand that. (laughs) But can we just – can we get a rebound? You know, that's, that's your role here. And it, I think it becomes tough. And I, when he said that, I started thinking, like, could sports get really weird in this next decade? Do you think they get weird in a way that the games look different? Because I think old guys mm-hmm. would tell you, and we've talked about this, like, once you stopped having guys, once guys started making so much money that they didn't hang out anymore, teams lost something. Which is yeah, probably man, I- true. Like, it's part of the reason why you and I, why those first few days of the NBA bubble looked cool. Right, it's because he was just guys forced to be together, just acting the way you like. You hear people say, "Who did I?" I'm trying to think. Uh, I I can't remember who said it, but just the camaraderie of being on your college team—it's just hard to duplicate, right? Because but now even the college pure. teams are everybody's a brand by the time they show up. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, to to me, and it's inevitable. And part of America is we monetize everything. Sometimes it crosses my mind, it's usually with an edible, 
of just are we down a slippery slope yeah, where sports might have peaked popularity wise of just like because at the end of the day all the fans the 99% of them do not have a job in that business they watch as an entertainment purpose and when you're forced down your throat politically is one thing but just when it feels like do guys even give a shit and the th- that's again another well, it's, element do of guys, football. It's you know fans. It's hard to it's hard to half ass in football because you'll get hit. And this has always been the case, but it's like you know you like to think of two players on the same team as people like to think of them as friends. Like they must get along. They like each other. They hang out. They're teammates, right? Um, the way you want the teammates on your rec league basketball team. Like it's only a group of five friends. Like that's what makes it fun. I, I think we've and, come to grips with that. Doesn't yeah, exist but but so it never. Anymore, but my though. point is that never. It, that never oh, existed no. like yeah. that. But it has changed at the lower level, right? Where it's like your local CIF basketball champion is not a group of teams just from the same neighborhood like it once upon a time was, right? Your local, oh, yeah. the, be- mean, the team that wins your section championship is not just a bunch of guys in the same, oh, their homes are all in the same district. Like, it's not how that yeah. works anymore. No. And I'd say most people are aging up. When you said high school football or high school basketball, it's like, yeah, the same guys have been playing with for 10 years. Right. You know, you go to like De La Salle. And either Sal. you're good enough or you're not. How many of the best players on De La Salle, Folsom, you know, uh, modern day, play junior high sports together at the same junior high? Not talking the AAU programs, but the same junior high. Like, yeah, I've known Billy since third grade. Yeah, you knew him through this traveling team. Not traveling team. It's not, it's not organic. And again, part of America, money is coming in. And there's just more money to be made that way. So there's no going back. One thing's clear though, it might not be great. Like I, I, no, I actually think we're down. There's up. something lost in all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's you know whatever. It's capitalism, but when everything becomes capitalistic, you lose a little of the human spirit, the spirit yeah. that makes it that 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 unidentifiable thing that makes it cool. When it's just you and the guys that I I think part of that is like when a team wins with and. Of course, I would rather my team win with free agents than not win. Duh. But there's something different about the Warriors when it's Steph, Clay, Draymond all came up through the organization together. Like, it's the same concept, right? Like, well, would you rather do it that way and lose than sign KD and win three? No, you'd rather just win three. But to me, it's the same It's the same thing with Kevin. It's like there was part of watching that that was like, you know, if I'm them, I would rather just win. I want to guarantee as many championships as possible if I'm the owner of the team. But there is something about watching where if I told you, you know what, it's just going to be Steph, Clay, and Draymond. They're not going to win as many titles, but they're still going to be making – they're going to have a chance every year, but they're not going to win as many. Is that going to feel a little different? Would you roll with that? I think some people would go, yeah, you know what, the spirit of that is just – I just want to roll with the guys from my neighborhood. And that's what it feels like when your team is just your own developed players. 100%. Uh, Before we get to a bunch of mailbag questions, John, let's tell the people about manscaped.com. The promo code is ham. Manscaped.com. Code is ham. Free shipping. 20% off. Manscaped.com. Promo code ham. Yep. Manscaped.com. Promo code ham. Lawnmower 3.0. Best ball trimmer in the business. We've had it. For a long period of time, USB charger you can use in the shower. It has a little illuminating light, so if you're in a dim bathroom, it's got you covered. The Lawnmower 3.0, it's the best. Let me repeat, the best trimmer that's ever been made. 
and it works on your lower man region. You can use it on your body. You could use it on the little tramp stamp above your butt. I use it on my back. I get some stray back hairs. We should ask John Lynch how he uses it. Big sponsor yeah, I mean, of the 49ers <laughs> and the podcast. Yeah, so you can, you can use it on anything. Use it on your wash it off. Use it on your face. Manscaped.com, promo code HAM, Lawnmower 3.0. Get on it now. For a limited time, subscribers to the Perfect Package, which gets you a new blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer every three months, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance reduction uh, reduced chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. But at any event, code HAM, 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com. Uh, we just got this... I was saying, get on get it. Get on it. A uh, few things to rattle through, a bunch of questions from people. I'll start with this tweet that we just got while we're doing the podcast from Johnny Mac. He says, this ties in nicely with you uh, and your discussion about Leeds United and the cardboard cutout. Here's a photo from Leeds United Stadium when they resumed after the lockdown. Check out the guy in the middle of the front row. And it's all cardboard cutouts. And I'm looking. It's like just fan photos, fan photos. Front row, middle seat, Osama Bin Laden. That's who someone paid for a cardboard I, I don't look at it. You tell me I'm wrong. That's kind of crazy. You would think. Hopefully that the the filters for Major League Baseball catch that one. You are right. That is. <laughs> do you do you could that be photoshopped? Could be. Could be. Could be. If that's true, that's 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 a little insane. bit of an oversight. Have John yeah, Lynch that's... do a press conference on that for Leeds United. Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, you had some, you want, you want to go first or I, I got a, some DMS. You, you, you go first. All right. Hit us, uh, iTunes. You can either, uh, give us a review on iTunes and, um, ask us a question there or Instagram DMS are open and, uh, you can hit us there. So we'll rattle through a few of these. Um, this is from Keith who said Keith Lombardo on Instagram guy, you and John were talking about Gronk versus Kittle. It seems like Gronk got in situations where he was splitting between linebackers and safeties, and that's where Gronk got all his injuries. Maybe Kittle takes a few less hits because he seems to get a lot of one-on-one and then is able to protect himself more in areas where he's getting gang-tackled. I guess we should say it's not like Kittle didn't get banged up, but does that feel right to you, that Gronk was in a lot of linebacker safety sandwiches and Kittle avoids some of those? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like Kittle runs the seam. You know, I definitely I, feel like he runs the seam, but does it feel like he gets sandwiched with safeties and linebackers or – I don't know. Uh, well, I, I think and... at this point in time in his career, he's a little more fluid. Like, he can juke guys out. I, I wouldn't call Gronk a juker. He was taller, longer. Maybe it's just Kind of had to run through you. Yeah, I mean, because I, I feel both of them initiate contact. That's a good observation. I, I just think Gronk took a couple freakish hits on his knees that just happened. You know, it, it could happen to Kittle at any moment. It's part of just the NFL. But... They specifically changed the rule in Gronk's peak about headhunting. It became a big deal, right, in 2012, 13, 14. And he was one of the bigger targets in the league. So guys that would probably have tried to tackle him higher naturally just went probably like thigh down on him, right? I think that – and guys were kind of feeling out how to do it. Maybe guys were a little more consistent with tackling lower. Kittle knows it's coming. Right, you're not like this guy's gonna try to hit me in my shoulder pads when I'm running straight up. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's just an evolution of tackling that happened in the last four or five years because it was a big deal when it first got changed, and it was like you can't head hunt, you can't head hunt, and guys just really started going at knees, and there was a lot of pushback. I'd rather get a concussion than hurt my knee, 
And then like the the CTE truthers were like, oh my god! It's like it's you you do understand you would rather get a concussion than fucking tear your knee if you are the player. <laughs> like Gronk would have chosen with his knee. I remember, I think it was a Sunday night game. My I can't remember who they were playing, but he got carted off, the, and it looked like his career was over. And it, and a big thing was like, God, you're going after his knees, and the DBs were like, Where am I supposed to hit him? I don't want to get a fine. I don't want to get kicked out of the game. And I I, I think that's talked about a little less now just guys it's just more understood now they're still controversial tackles right they're hit or miss ones and I always lean like god it's just I I I think guys now because I I I do give them the benefit of the doubt they're not trying to head hunt anymore it's just you're taught it's talked about it's coached out of you it's just it's changed well it's coached out of you in college now you get kicked out of games right that's part of it too and that and then the fines all right what else? You got no, I got another one. Uh, yeah, go. Uh, this one is from uh, A Hightower, who DM'd on uh, Instagram, and he said, uh, no talk on the pod about Oakland coaching legend John Beam and Laney College being on this season of Last Chance U. And I said, I missed that one. Uh, I, don't, I have not watched Last Chance U. This one debuts on Netflix on the 28th. July twenty eighth. So what is that? Uh, Monday or Sunday or something? Yeah, not yeah. Five days away, maybe Monday. Uh, John Beam. Apparently, I, I didn't know a lot about Coach Beam, but Laney College in Oakland is uh, is the spot. The reason I've avoided it, John. I don't know. You've watched a little of it, I think, is because the what, the time I heard about it was maybe three seasons ago with uh, the junior college in Kansas, and the coach just seemed like a total douchebag tool. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this. I've met too many. Uh, there are so many high-level coaches. I don't want to watch this guy just screaming. But this guy, had won, I, this guy, this guy had won. He had won national championships. Okay, I just, I just don't. I, th- bad, that, bad guy. That bad guy, guy just. I can't enjoy watching something with that guy in it when he's a real person. It does. It it, do, it does wear you out when he does. So not I haven't done like, it. But this guy sounds like Coach Beam. Sounds like a legend going out on top. Um, I'm reading the synopsis here on it. It says. Unlike California JUCOs, unlike those in Mississippi and Kansas, where the first four seasons were filmed, don't grant scholarships to athletes or free housing or food. So while California has a lot of talent, the Laney team is not built around a bunch of D1 dropdowns looking for an easy landing spot to rehabilitate their reps while waiting to become re-eligible. The players profiled most closely this season instead grew up nearby and are likely to actually be on their last or only chance. So that that's, I got chills just reading that. That, that sounds cool. That is a big part of Last Chance U, the two in Mississippi and the two in Kansas. They take these guys from Oklahoma State, Florida State, Oklahoma, Ohio State, whatever, and they give them a free they give them free housing and they give them a scholarship. So that is like when you look back, is a huge part of that. Their teams are stacked. Most starters on the on the Kansas team and definitely on the Mississippi State team are SEC and Big Twelve players. Like that that's a huge element of it. But what was cool about that is like Cal's best defensive pass rusher is from last chance you. Like these guys are all over the country. Coin Dang. So you do you do get to follow like yeah. damn that guy's, that guy's and, and Coin Dang's supposed to be really good. Yeah, guy, most of these guys like when you see Lance Chance you, you're like, "God, these guys are freaks." So I I wonder, I don't know much about California junior college ball. Uh I think part of it was knowing that you're watching a guy that was like a five, four or five star out of high gotcha. school. So if the guy is not like some highly recruited, there's a huge element of this guy was the starting running back 
at Iowa State and got kicked out because he got caught with a you know bag of cocaine. Right, right, right. But then you see like three runs, you're like, holy shit, where's this guy going to go next year? Right, and then you have like Lane Kiffin and all these guys showing up to the practices. Oh, that is cool. That, that to me, and then the the coach on both the first. I you're right. I mean, we'll have to. The coach has to play a huge role in the entertainment factor of a football documentary, right? We've seen it in Hard Knocks when as Bill O'Brien, Rex Ryan, John Gruden. It, it's a huge element. I don't know anything about this guy. I hope he's really entertaining. But I, I wonder if Laney College is not loaded with future Division One prospects and players if that hurts it. Because at the first four seasons, guy, all these guys weren't just going Division One; They were going to Power 5. Like seven guys a team. Yeah. Seven to ten gotcha. guys going that Power 5. I understand why people enjoy yeah. that. So aspect. I'm just interested to – Yeah, I'm going to check I've, this I've out, I've seen though. them all. Yeah, me too. All right. What else? You got one? Uh, well, I looked for the one. I can't find it. <laughs> Of uh, someone had DM'd me saying that I was listening to you guys talk about Leeds and Jed, and that every year on the lower leagues, that three teams get moved up to the Premier League, and it must be three teams get relegated. Two of them automatically go kind of point style, which okay. soccer works like the NH with hockey, and then the third one is basically teams three to six play in a tournament to get in. So it would. It'd be awesome to be the first team and qualify on points. You have no stress. It's got to be a pretty big rush when you play your way in to where you want to go, right? And I'm pretty sure That's Leeds United Leeds played okay. their way in to play their way into uh, the Premier League and played their way into quadrupling Jed's investment. Now, part of quadrupling investment, what I'd be fascinated to know, let's say you put 50, you know, might be more than that. Let's say you put $200 million in. We'll say $100 million. $200 felt like a lot. See, let's say he gave Leeds United $100 million. So if my investment goes up four times, and the, the franchise is now worth whatever, and my investment's now worth four to $450 million, are they giving me dividends, like, yearly? Because unless I cash out, yeah, how I, do I see that money? That's a good question. Now, I know a lot of companies give yearly dividends to shareholders, and maybe there's an element of that that here. So you, let's just say they get like a $20 million bonus for getting this. You already made back a quarter of your money just in one year, right? And you're, if you ever wanted to sell, you could get way more. I, there has to be some sort of structure, and I'm, I would imagine that's when you negotiate the deal. But I, I think people, and definitely the media, always talks about these increased valuations, increased valuations. Well, unless I'm cashing out, you know, have you have you ever doubled money on a stock? Unless you sell it, the money just sits. It's on paper, yeah. But what does that mean? Now, obviously, get some when, loans. when you have, you can get loans, which Jed is not needing to get. I do wonder, would he consider? I'm trying to look at these Leeds United jerseys to see what their sponsorships are. Uh, I know we have people regularly who hit us up who listen in the UK. Uh, I wonder if it would make sense for the Niners for the Leeds United team to be sponsored by the San Francisco 49ers next year. Uh, I, to me, why would you cut off a revenue stream? Yeah, just to hope, just to hope to open up a new one. What would the new one be, though? More Niners fans More in the UK become the the team yeah. of the UK. To me, oh, well, they're not the majority shareholder, so I don't think they can like sign. Like they would need that to get. No, I don't think it works on trade. I, like they'd have to put up the money. Yeah, I don't think it makes any sense for the Niners. Well, could they I maybe just, just get a logo on there without paying for it, just because they're part of the team? Yeah, but I if you're Leeds, like, why does that really benefit you? Like, you're never going to move to Europe. Well, who cares? I don't know. If I would Leeds, just try to just get. Do, yeah, no. If you're Leeds, you don't. 
if your leads, you only do it if the Niners are the ones that get to make the call. I just want to use yeah, them but, as an extension. But even if even if you're Jed, like I, I'd rather just have us get like another twenty million dollar revenue stream. Well, right, so I'm saying, I'm saying you don't use it as a replacement for an ad. You don't it replace the Kappa logo or Adidas. I think they just signed an Adidas. They just signed a new Adidas deal. Leeds United. So you're not like you're not replacing that, but, which is actually big. Kyle's a big Adidas guy, I think. So. I mean, when you're tall and skinny, you work in anything. Uh, one more here, John. This is from a uh, longtime loyal listener, Ryan Radke, who's getting ready to call some uh, NFL games on uh, Westwood One. Lives in uh, lives in Reno. Big fan of the pod. Always listens while he's working out. And he texted me and said, this was actually a couple days ago. He said, uh, listen to the pod. Serious question. If Dak had the exact same stats across the board, but instead of being a first rounder, sorry, was a fourth rounder instead of a fourth rounder, would the Cowboys have already given him an extension? Yes. Right. If he, the answer if, is he yes. if he if if Dak Prescott had been the tenth pick instead of a fourth round pick, yep. would their contract one, be done? I don't even think it'd be a question. He would have been extended what's this he would have been extended last year. Because you invested way more when you take a guy in the I think you're kind of playing with borrowed money or kind of free money, house money on this, right? And when you draft a guy in the fourth and you haven't won a Super Bowl like Russell Wilson, I, I think you're asking yourself, is this guy real? Like, there's just way more questions when you have a middle-round pick. And you've accomplished stuff, but you haven't accomplished that much stuff. It, it's just – it's more difficult. It's the pushback of anyone that always says, like, you hear minor leaguers tell stories about this. Like, yeah, I had no chance. The first-rounder was getting more ABs than me. You hear NFL players say this. Like, yeah, the guy was a first-round pick. He got more reps in practice. Just it's just human nature because of money, right? They've invest they would have invested way more money. Yeah. Like does Pat does Patrick Mahomes, if he had been the third round pick, is Alex a one hundred percent lock to get traded that year? If it, still he had played that last game. Well, if he was a third and, and round pick, they him. wouldn't have just thought they wouldn't have. Yeah, they wouldn't if have thought liked of him Patrick and they thought like that. Highly. Yeah, maybe yeah. not. They wouldn't have been as sure about him. Is probably the better way to say it. I think when you take a guy in the first round at quarterback, I just think all your chips are in the middle of the table. Like, if Carson Wentz had become Carson Wentz, but had been a fourth-round pick, but had been hurt a bunch, would the Eagles have given him $110 million? No. No. Like your, your draft they they might have extended Foles. Now, it, it does not mean that you can't be a later-round pick and become a star, right, and get paid and earn. I, I, it is harder at quarterback, though, right? Because even Russell Wilson, remember that first contract he signed, kind of polarizing. Yeah. Remember at the time, it was like, are we sure? And he actually, we weren't sure. He just got a lot better. And it's also when you have a ring, like if if Dak was a fourth rounder, but the Cowboys had won a Super Bowl, would this deal be done? He, yes, one million percent. But but Dak would have had to do more, like Russell. I bet if we really broke down the stats of that first Super Bowl year, remember they were running the shit out of the football yeah. and playing defense. But that's what I mean. Like a ring is context-free. Like, however you won your ring, if you, you know, it's just for the most part. Provide, you know, if you do, like, if you become better later, like Brady, we don't talk about, well, yeah, but his first ring, they didn't really rely on him. It's just, like, if you become great, you just, the whole thing was great. That's how many rings you won, you know. Like, if Brad Johnson or Trent Dilfer had won two more rings and had been bigger parts of the offense, we wouldn't talk about their Super Bowls the way we talk about their Super Bowls. Very so, fair. Uh, yeah, I think that's 
I, yeah. I had a couple. Of, oh, thanks to all the people who DM me and told me that there are places where you can get haircut memberships for like one guy told me 150 bucks. Actually, multiple people told me this. That's why I don't have I didn't save all the individual ones, but a month. Yeah. Or like you can year. pay like 150 for a month and just get unlimited haircuts. So if you want to, like there's a yearly haircuts. one. Yeah, there's I didn't know there were like these nah. kind of clubs. I'm loyal to my barber, but appreciate the knowledge. <laughs> Well, I mean, but you also got to be open-minded. You find a better I deal. am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> but at this point, I don't see me needing weekly haircuts anytime soon. Uh, but who knows? Fair. You know. I, I can't relate to these struggles. <laughs> you do daily haircuts. Yeah. Uh, every every other day. All right. On that note, adios. See ya. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.